The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, Truly, truly, I say to you, it will be hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished, saying, Who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said to them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Then Peter said in reply, Lo, we have left everything and followed you. What then shall we have? Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you, in the new world, when the Son of Man shall sit on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses, or brothers, or sisters, or fathers, or mother, or children, or lands, for my name's sake, will receive a hundredfold, and inherit eternal life. But many that are first will be last, and the last first. The Gospel of the Lord. I was struck yesterday by the um, the association of these two readings. Uh, it's not immediately obvious why the church gives the two of these readings together. Uh, so what you have is the call of uh, Gideon to go forward and to fight against um, those who are uh, oppressing uh, God's people. And so the Midianites, uh, what they are doing, it, one of the ways in which they are oppressing the people is that the people would grow their crops uh, of wheat, and as soon as harvest time would come for any of their crops or any of their produce, then the Midianites would come in and either burn the crops, take the crops, take what they needed. And so anything that was not hidden uh, was taken from the people. So that explains why Gideon is beating out the wheat, but he's in the wine press. So he's not uh, on the threshing floor, he's, he's in the wine press and he's hiding it from the Midianites. And that's where the angel of the Lord appears to him. And so you have that whole scene then where the Lord comes to him and wants him to go forward and to fight for his people. And you have this dialogue that goes on between Gideon and the Lord, where Gideon, like many of those who are called by God to go and do something great, they respond by immediately looking to themselves and seeing themselves to be insufficient and then demanding or asking of the Lord to send someone else. And this can be the case for a lot of us, right? Which is that whatever the Lord wants us to do, he calls us to great things. But the temptation is to then look within ourselves for the resources in order to accomplish those things. And so then when you go to the, the gospel, what you see is that the Lord is calling to a particular greatness, right? He's calling to a particular perfection, which is this detachment from earthly things in order to be and to receive and to be focused on things of heaven. And this seems almost impossible. The disciples are astonished when they hear this, 
they say, it says they were greatly astonished, saying, who then can be saved? Right? Who then can be saved? This seems impossible. And so what they have done is they have looked to their own selves again for the strength, for the, for the capacity, for the ability to be able to accomplish what God desires. And so there is not a true poverty of spirit. And so what some of the commentators say is that they say that the fact that the disciples were astonished is itself astonishing, right? So it tells us something because there were obviously rich and poor people that surrounded them. They would have encountered those who had great wealth and those who had nothing. And so why are they astonished? And why do they say, who can be saved then? Well, obviously, not everyone is rich in earthly terms, in terms of having the accumulation of wealth. And so what the, a lot of the commentators say is that the disciples knew that the Lord meant the attachment to riches. Because as some of the commentators say, it says it doesn't mean, someone doesn't have to be rich to be attached to riches. Someone who is poor can still have their whole life focused on the accumulation of earthly goods. And so what the Lord wants rooted out of the heart is this attachment, the desire to work, to act for the sake of earthly goods. But also what the Lord is trying to root out of the heart is the pride of spirit that thinks that we have to be sufficient of ourselves to accomplish the things that God wants us to do. That's a great error that we can fall into. And so the Lord, whenever he's dealing with people in the Old Testament, even now here with his disciples, when he is calling to great things, a detachment from earthly things, then what he wants is also a reliance on himself in order to accomplish the things that he asks us to do. And so for Gideon, eventually what the Lord says to him is, he says, go with the strength that you have. But he knows that that's insufficient. Go with the strength you have. And Gideon uh, reacts and eventually the Lord says, I will be with you. I will be with you. And then Gideon says, okay, well then as a sign, he goes and he takes what little he has. Remember, this is a time of famine for the people. They have hardly any food. He takes what little he has. He takes uh, the kid, he takes the ephah of flour, and he puts together a meal for this stranger that has brought him God's word, and he presents that as a sign. So he gives even what the little he has for the sake and for before this mission that God will send him on, and that's an acceptable sacrifice to God. And so what we then move into the Gospels and what we see is something similar, which is that uh, the disciples were not rich men. Apart from Matthew, uh, we, we think that most of them did not have much to give. And so when they are called to the life that they are leading with Christ, they give up, as St. Peter says, we left everything and followed you. And the everything that they left was not much. But they did leave everything. They were detached from everything else in order to follow Christ. And it is this principle that the Lord rewards, is that their hearts are not set now on the things of earth, but their hearts are set on Jesus, and their heart are, hearts are set on the things of heaven. And so the Lord then promises them the abundance that will come because of this choice. But it is not temporal abundance. It's not an earthly riches. It is the riches of heaven the gifts of heaven, the blessings of heaven. These are the things that are promised to them and that will be given to them a hundredfold. And so for us, what we are called uh, to do 
is to acknowledge the fact that the Lord has called us to great things. He's called us to perfection and sanctity. And he does not expect us to do this by our own power or by our own strength, but by the fact that he will be with us, that he is with us with his grace, that he is with us with his assistance, and that he is with us in his love. Amen.